Today is the ninth day of May. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It is a pleasure to be here with you to take the next step forward on our journey through this week and through this month and through this year and through the Bible. And uh, in the Old Testament, we are taking our steps through the book of 1 Samuel and getting to understand uh, who Samuel was and what was going on when he came into this onto the scene and we have experienced the loss of the ark of the covenant in battle to the Philistines and so we'll pick up the story today first Samuel chapters 5 6 and 7 and we're reading from the new english translation this week Now the Philistines had captured the Ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. The Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the temple of Dagon, where they positioned it beside Dagon. When the residents of Ashdod got up early the next day, Dagon was lying on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set him back in his place, but when they got up early the following day, Dagon was again lying on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and his two hands were sheared off and were lying at the threshold. Only Dagon's body was left intact. For this reason, to this very day, neither Dagon's priests nor anyone else who enters Dagon's temple step on Dagon's threshold in Ashdod. The Lord attacked the residents of Ashdod severely, bringing devastation on them. He struck the people of both Ashdod and the surrounding area with sores. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel should not remain with us, for he has attacked both us and our God, Dagon. So they assembled all the leaders of the Philistines and asked, What should we do with the Ark of the God of Israel? They replied, The Ark of the God of Israel should be moved to Gath. So they moved the Ark of the God of Israel. But after it had been moved, the Lord attacked that city as well, causing a great deal of panic. He struck all the people of that city with sores. So they sent the Ark of God to Ekron. But when the Ark of God arrived at Ekron, the residents of Ekron cried out, saying, They have brought the Ark of the God of Israel here to kill our people. So they assembled all the leaders of the Philistines and said, Get the Ark of the God of Israel out of here. Let it go back to its own place so that it won't kill us and our people. The terror of death was throughout the entire city. God was attacking them very severely there. The people who did not die were struck with swords. The city's cry for help went all the way up to heaven. When the ark of the Lord had been in the land of the Philistines for seven months, the Philistines called the priests and the omen readers, saying, What should we do with the ark of the Lord? Advise us as to how we should send it back to its place. They replied, If you are going to send the Ark of the God of Israel back, 
don't send it away empty. Be sure to return it with a guilt offering. Then you will be healed, and you will understand why his hand is not removed from you. They inquired, What is the guilt offering that we should send to him? They replied, The Philistine leaders number five, so send five gold sores and five gold mice, for it is the same plague that has afflicted both you and your leaders. You should make images of the sores and images of the mice that are destroying the land. You should honor the God of Israel. Perhaps he will release his grip on you, your gods, and your land. Why harden your hearts like the Egyptians and Pharaoh did? When God treated them harshly, didn't the Egyptians send the Israelites on their way? So now go and make a new cart. Get two cows that have calves and that have never had a yoke placed on them. Harness the cows to the cart and take their calves from them back to their stalls. Then take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart and put in a chest beside it the gold objects you are sending to him as a guilt offering. You should then send it on its way. But keep an eye on it. If it should go up by the way of its own border to Bet Shemesh, then he has brought this great calamity on us. But if that is not the case, then we will know that it was not his hand that struck us. Rather, it just happened to be us by accident. So the men did as instructed. They took two cows that had calves and harnessed them to a cart. They also removed their calves to their stalls. They put the ark of the Lord on the cart, along with the chest, the gold mice, and the images of the sores. Then the cows went directly on the road to Beth Chemesh. They went along, mooing as they went. They turned neither to the right nor to the left. The leaders of the Philistines were walking along behind them all the way to the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the residents of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley. When they looked up and saw the ark, they were pleased at the sight. The cart was coming to the field of Joshua, who was from Beth Shemesh. It paused there near a big stone. Then they cut up the wood of the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the chest that was with it, which contained the gold objects. They placed them near the big stone. At that time, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. The five leaders of the Philistines watched what was happening and then returned to Ekron on the same day. These are the gold sores that the Philistines brought as a guilt offering to the Lord, one for each of the following cities, Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The gold mice corresponded in number to all the Philistine cities of the five leaders, from the fortified cities to hamlet villages to greater Abel where they positioned the Ark of the Lord until this very day in the field of Joshua, who was from Beth Shemesh. 
But the Lord struck down some of the people of Bet Shemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. He struck down 50,070 of the men. The people grieved because the Lord had struck the people with a hard blow. The residents of Bet Shemesh asked, Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? To whom will the ark go up from here? So they sent messengers to the residents of Kiriat the Aram, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down here and take it back home with you. Then the people of Kiriat Jerem came and took the ark of the Lord. They brought it to the house of Abinadab, located on the hill. They consecrated Eleazar, his son, to guard the ark of the Lord. It was quite a long time, some twenty years in all, that the ark stayed at Kiriat Jerem. All the people of Israel longed for the Lord. Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you are really turning to the Lord with all your hearts, remove from among you the foreign gods and the images of Ashtoreth. Give your hearts to the Lord and serve only Him. Then He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and images of Ashtoreth. They served only the Lord. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. After they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They fasted on that day, and they confessed there, We have sinned against the Lord. So Samuel led the people of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the leaders of the Philistines went up against Israel. When the Israelites heard about this, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Keep crying out to the Lord our God so that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering burnt offerings, the Philistines approached to do battle with Israel. But on that day, the Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines. He caused them to panic, and they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel left Mitzpah, and chased the Philistines, striking them down all the way to an area below Bet-Kar. Samuel took a stone and placed it between Mitzpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Up to here the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were defeated. They did not invade Israel again. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had captured from Israel were returned to Israel, from Ekron to Gath. Israel also delivered their territory from the control of the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. 
So Samuel led Israel all the days of his life. Year after year, he used to travel the circuit of Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. He used to judge Israel in all of these places. Then he would return to Ramah because his home was there. He also judged Israel there and built an altar to the Lord there. John 6, 1-21 After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd was following him because they were observing the miraculous signs he was performing on the sick. So Jesus went on up the mountainside and sat down there with his disciples. Now, the Jewish feast of the Passover was near. Then Jesus, when he looked up and saw that a large crowd was coming to him, said to Philip, Where can we buy bread so that these people may eat? Now Jesus said this to test him, for he knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Two hundred silver coins worth of bread would not be enough for them, for each one to get a little. One of Jesus' disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, Here is a boy who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these for so many people? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was a lot of grass in that place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed the bread to those who were seated. He then did the same with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were all satisfied, Jesus said to his disciples, Gather up the broken pieces that are left over so that nothing is wasted. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with broken pieces from the five barley loaves left over by the people who had eaten. Now when the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus performed, they began to say to one another, This is certainly the prophet who is to come into the world. Then Jesus because he knew they were going to come and seize him by force to make him king, withdrew again up the mountainside alone. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, got into a boat, and started to cross the lake to Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. By now a strong wind was blowing and the sea was getting rough, Then, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they caught sight of Jesus walking on the lake, approaching the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat came to the land where they had been heading. Psalm 106, 13-31 They quickly forgot what he had done. 
they did not wait for his instructions. In the wilderness, they had an insatiable craving for meat. They challenged God in the desert. He granted their request, then struck them with a disease. In the camp, they resented Moses and Aaron, the Lord's holy priest. The earth opened up and swallowed Dathan. It engulfed the group led by Abiram. Fire burned their group. The flames scorched the wicked. They made an image of a calf at Horeb and worshipped a metal idol. They traded their majestic god for the image of an ox that eats grass. They rejected the god who delivered them, the one who performed great deeds in Egypt. Amazing feats in the land of Ham. Mighty acts by the Red Sea. He threatened to destroy them. But Moses, his chosen one, interceded with him and turned back his destructive anger. They rejected the fruitful land. They did not believe his promise. They grumbled in their tents. They did not obey the Lord. So he made a solemn vow that he would make them die in the desert, make their descendants die among the nations and scatter them among the foreign lands. They worshipped Baal of Peor and ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They made the Lord angry by their actions and a plague broke out among them. Phinehas took a stand and intervened and the plague subsided. This brought him a reward, an eternal gift. Proverbs 14, 32, and 33. The wicked will be thrown down in his trouble, but the righteous have refuge even in the threat of death. Wisdom rests in the heart of the discerning. It is known even in the heart of fools. All right, we have uh, quite a dramatic story beginning to unfold in front of us as we roll out 1 Samuel and work our way through it. So the Ark of the Covenant, this symbol of the people, had been lost in battle to the Philistines. The Philistines had uh, certainly brought it uh, rejoicing back to their, uh, their capital cities. It first began its, uh, its moving around in the city of Ashdod. And, I mean, Ashdod, Ashdod is a place that I've been many times. Ashdod is the place that we normally begin our pilgrimage when we go to the Holy Land. It's our first night. And so, uh, so it's a place that exists. And uh, when the Ark of the Covenant was captured, it was taken to Ashdod. But, I mean... You know, as demoralizing as losing the Ark of the Covenant would have been for the children of Israel, the Philistines, they didn't have the celebration that they were looking for. Uh, I mean, at first, it seemed like the Philistine god Dagon had defeated the god of the Hebrews, Yahweh, right? And so they got the Ark, they got the symbol, and they're transporting it back to Dagon's temple. 
Uh, but then Dagon falls over, right, for two consecutive days, and the second day his head's broke off and his hands are broken off, and then um, like skin tumors begin breaking out on the people. And so uh, in fear for their lives, they decide to move the Ark inland away from the coast to the city of Gath, another one of their capital cities, and Gath was the uh, home city of the giant Goliath. And it also exists today. Uh, actually, still uh, very much an active archaeological site where the, uh, many things are being discovered about the Philistine people. But anyway, I mean, the people of Gath experienced the same thing the people of Ashdod had experienced, these plague, this outbreak against them. And so then the Ark was taken north to Ekron, uh, which is a Philistine city I haven't been to. I've tried to get there. We have tried to film Ekron twice. And it's not an easy place to get to at all. It's like not a place you, you have to you have to uh, access it by four wheel drive. And we've been stuck in field. I mean, you have to cross fields and everything. So uh, we've been stuck in mud two different times in an attempt. But it's there, and eventually, eventually, <laughs> eventually, we're gonna get there. But anyway, uh, the uh, the Ark of the Covenant's on its way to Ekron. The people are freaking out about what Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, might do to them. And uh, so they uh, begin begging that the Ark uh, should probably go back to the Hebrew people before the Philistine people are destroyed. And that's what happened. So the Philistines prepare this guilt offering, right? So um, golden images of their tumors, golden rat, like basically just acknowledging the plagues that have broken out and, uh, and then they loaded they loaded the ark onto an ox cart and sent it away and and they thought you know if the cattle know where to go like if the cattle just wander away aimlessly then we'll know this wasn't the god of israel doing this but if they follow the road if they just if they know where to go then we'll know it was the god of israel and the cows go straight back into israeli territory ending at bet shemesh which is also in existence today as a modern uh, as a modern developing settlement, but also uh, as ancient ruins. I've uh, been there many times, film, filmed there many times as well. I was shocked this past year at uh, how much new discoveries were happening in, in Bet Shemesh uh, that aren't even you know open to the public. They're just on the side of the road, and you can see them. And I was shocked. So, uh, yeah, Bet Shemesh, where the Ark of the Covenant returned, is also an active archaeological site today. So, uh, obviously, as the Ark of the Covenant came back to Bet Shemesh, people are overjoyed. The national treasure has returned. The emblem of their heritage has come back. Uh, the power of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, they feel has come back. But, <laughs> but after they sacrifice and worship the Lord then some people try to look inside the ark which is supremely forbidden and they died and so um yeah so I mean the ark of the covenant out in the wild people are trying to figure out the secret of the mystery and it's just not working well and so they're like who is able to stand in the presence of the Lord so uh, as interesting and intriguing and dramatic uh, as the situation was for, for the Philistines and then the inhabitants of Bet Shemesh, this entire episode solidified Samuel's leadership.
clearly. And, and, and as we read toward the end of our reading in the Old Testament, because of that leadership, the false idol worship was cleansed from Israel and the Philistines were subdued. And the children of Israel had once again returned to the God who had called them out of Egypt and planted them in their homeland. Now, in our reading from Proverbs today, uh, we're told that our hearts are the resting place for wisdom. Uh, some translations even use like shrine language, like wisdom is enshrined in the heart. So in other words, uh, an understanding heart is a, a resting place, a revered, sought after place for wisdom. And so, uh, and so we have to wonder, we, we have to allow the penetrating question, are we actively seeking out wisdom in our lives? Is it an important enough thing that, that we have it enshrined in our heart, that it's a resting place, that it has a place to rest within us? Or is the chaos of life just leading us to be reactionary and all we're doing is running in circles just trying to keep all the balls up in the air? Or have we carved out some sacred place for wisdom to find rest within us? Because like, like everything that's, that's good and valuable in life, gaining wisdom isn't going to just happen to us. Like it's not a default Wisdom is something that we have to seek and treasure and cultivate and, uh, and create space for it to rest, for it to be enshrined in our hearts. And all that's done by the choices that we make. Uh, the choices that we make today in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds are either going to be creating a place, a revered sacred space for wisdom to rest, or not. We'll fill that sacred space with other things. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you into that because we're not gonna get anywhere without becoming continually more and more wise. And that's not gonna happen by experience alone. We need your guidance because we don't know all that's going on. As much as we like to think that we have a handle on reality, we don't. There's much more going on than we are ever aware of. You are fully aware and have invited us into a collaboration of life. And uh, one of the ways that we build that collaboration is through cultivating an ear for wisdom. So come Holy Spirit and give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It is home base. So we find out what's going on around here, so be sure to stay tuned and stay connected uh, in all the ways that uh, that you can any way that you want to stay connected the prayer wall is at dailyaudiobible.com which is a wonderful wonderful place to connect and pray for each other uh, so check that out uh, the daily audio bible shop 
is uh, is at dailyaudiobible.com as well. Check out the resources there that are available for this journey. As we continue to walk our way through the Bible, uh, also, uh, man, we just like we keep encountering places that are real places in the Bible. And if you want to see some of these places for yourself, uh, you can check that out at dailyaudiobible.com for our 2020 pilgrimage. Uh, all the details can be found in the initiatives section at dailyaudiobible.com. Just look for Israel 2020 and all your questions can be answered there. Uh, these tours, they all fill up and they all fill up uh, well in advance. And so this one's well on its way to being full. So you may want to check into that if it's kind of on your list, something that's been in the back of your mind. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link. It lives on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. I humbly and with a heart of gratitude thank, thank you for clicking that link. If you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you, and I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Greetings, everyone. This is Tony from Germany, and I just want to share something neat. I guess we call this a crazy port. Uh, I was on a trip. I'm in um, to southern, no, pardon me, northern Italy, and it was a bus tour with some uh, government staff, military that work here in the area, and... At any rate, there was this one woman, her name is Pam, or PJ, <laughs> and she was behind a lot of the coordination of the trip. And so we had met right away and chatted a little bit. And this trip, by the way, was only a two-day, um, fast-paced kind of situation, a lot of time on the bus. And then the second day, we were visiting a vineyard, and I was standing in line to partake in one of the tours and suddenly here comes up Pam she comes up to me and she said something to the effect of I want to give you a hug and she gave me a hug and hello dear I think she said I don't remember I wish I remembered exactly what she said and she said I am a DA beer also and I was in shock. I was in shock. And Pam has been listening to DAB for 14 years. She was there, there when it started. So I asked her to ask me how I was doing, and she did. And I said, I am maintaining. <laughs> so I must say, I was in shock. It was just, it was so beautiful. At any rate, I think it would be a great idea if Brian or Jill or China would come out here to Europe so we can have a reunion of the, the European DAB years. <laughs> Planning the seed. Have a great day, everyone. Love you. Bye.
Good morning, DAB. I just wanted to uh, reach out to the anonymous nursing students. Um, my friends, you are so close, and I know how hard it is. I've been there. I am a nurse for 22 years, and I have a daughter that just graduated last year, and I walked through that with her. You will shed tears. It is so hard. People just don't know how hard it is. However, you are almost there. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and, and I just will pray that you will have peace and comfort. And remember that all of this book knowledge is fabulous. However, the core of, of being a nurse is having compassion and mercy and advocating for your patients. And if you have those things, you have won the battle. So keep the faith, my friends. Keep studying. Keep working. It will be in the end. I also want to give a shout real quick to some people that helped me yesterday. Um, I wish I knew their names. I don't, but I was driving down Ritchie Highway in Brooklyn Park, Maryland, and saw them. It was a busy street, and we got out, and a couple other people came upon and helped, and we got him out of the street and onto the sidewalk, and I just praise the Lord for his timing and for these people. God bless everyone. This is Carrie signing off. Hi, good morning, Daily Audio Bible. My name is Angela, and I'm calling from Louisiana. It's been a very long time since I've called, and um, I'm returning. I started listening again. Thank God for that. It's been awesome listening again. I want to ask for a prayer request, excuse me, for my daughter, Brian. She's in nursing school. She's overcome a lot. She's having finals this week, and I'm just asking that um, for prayer for her. She's in RN school, so please pray for her that she does well in, in her college courses and on her exams, please. I'm also having an exam for a promotion at work, and I'm asking for your prayer that I pass that exam so that I can be promoted to the next level. I want to congratulate China and Ben. My gosh, the last time I heard from China, she was a little girl, so that's how long I've been going. But praise God that I'm back. And I love and I miss hearing from everyone. Thank you so much. And thank God for Brian and Jill and the whole community. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Marilyn from New Hampshire calling on Tuesday, May 7th. Um, I just listened to Brian, and I was really moved uh, by the word today. Um, about the blind man next to the pool in Bethesda, we were just there in Israel a couple months ago. And how Jesus said to the blind man, um, get up, take your mat and get up. And, uh, and then at the end of the, of the prayer today, this amazing man said, who, you know, he was talking, he didn't say his name, but he said, hey you, hey you, a couple times very slowly, and obviously he got my attention, and um, then he said, why are you worrying? And um, I really spoke to you today because I worry about my daughter, Kate and Grace, and I can't do that anymore. I got to trust God. I got to give them to them. I, I, uh, I'm almost 66, and I don't want to live my life this way anymore. I want to trust God that he really has Kate and Grace, and I, I don't want to worry anymore. I want to live my life of joy and, and pleasing God. And I, I guess I pray this for other people, too, that struggle with their, with their children and holding on to them and worrying about them. And I get a text from Kate 
I go, oh, no, and I just, because I'm a 39, and I just try to give her to God and live my life in trust. So, Father God, I ask for your forgiveness, God, for just keep getting back on the worry train, and I, I ask for your forgiveness, and Father God, help me. Help me with this, Lord. Help all of us, God. Thank you, Brian and Jill, for this amazing uh, family, community family. We love you, and um, thank you, God. Have a great day. Bye-bye.